Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Nobodies Podcast. It's another somebody session in which these nobodies bring on a somebody who is an expert or rising star in their field. This week, our somebody is a journalist, producer, and host at Entertainment Tonight Live, where she just happens to be their in-house British royal family expert. She's graciously agreed to come on our podcast to help break down the recent bombshell Oprah interview with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry to two people who don't know shit about the royals. Not only is she a royals whiz, but she's a music fanatic as well. On Sunday, for the third year in a row, she'll be hosting the official Grammys pre-show on the Recording Academy's Facebook page. This week, somebody is my friend and former co-worker, Cassie Delora. All right, we're recording. You start. Okay, first of all, do not tell me what to do. Talked right into that one. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Annie. And I'm Bryce. And we are the Nobodies. Experts on nothing. Opinions on everything. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nobodies. Cassie, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, y'all make me sound a lot cooler than I actually am. You're a somebody. These are these are what we call somebody sessions, and you're like a somebody Cassie. royal expert and all these things. I just I wouldn't even you know to be honest with you, I wouldn't even classify me as like an expert. But I just love, or I should say, loved past tense oh. the royal family. I've always just been one of those like girls who was like, oh. I'm going to marry Prince Harry and all this stuff. And I just was always fascinated by the glitz glam and, you know, prestige of the royal family. And then I just, you know, obviously after this bombshell interview, my my mind is in circles. But anyway, thank you again for making me sound a lot cooler than I actually am. Well, you are. We're so happy for you to be here because you know a lot more. Well, if you're not, even if you're not an expert, you know a hell of yeah. a lot more than we do. So yeah, that's, so we've always been like, why do, uh, we'll get into it. Why, yeah. like, why do we even care? But first of all, Thank you for coming on. And as men- as I mentioned, Cassie and I used to work together at ET Live, so she knows full well about my um, eating habits. Like I would cook. Oh God! I <laughs> Annie's gonna love this. I'll co- I cook uh, eggs and beans mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. microwave. In the microwave every single day. I'd be like, "What <laughs> are you doing?" I'm like, "Actually, and I asked you beans? if it was even safe to put eggs in a microwave." <laughs> Because they would like explode. I would have I would have what I called my my signature meal was mush. It was um, usually yeah. turkey and eggs, and I would put eggs in the microwave and then beans. That would be that's so disturbing. <laughs> and then it would it would like stink up the the kitchen that we all share. Well, I was I'm just like, gonna what say what kind we're of in a newsroom. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm so no. What I kind of sociopath you, cooks? I miss you around. Eggs in a microwave. That That's is what I said. That well, I couldn't get a Bunsen burner. I would have liked that or like a hot plate or something, but I could that was that was against fire code. Bryce, eggs are something you cook in the privacy of your own home. On a stove. Yeah. <laughs> where no one else has to smell it. It's like okay. it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't bring leftover salmon or fish to the office either because you wouldn't want it to smell. <laughs> like I had a girl in college in like a big lecture class that Every single class 
would take out crackers and tuna salad. Oh, oh no. That's <laughs> yeah. That's I feel like there's just some things you don't do. It's etiquette. <laughs> exactly. People. Well, also, you two have so not only are we all from the Midwest, Kathy, mm-hmm. Cassie, you're from Michigan, but uh, you and Annie actually have something else in common aside from my insanities. Uh, you are the two last people still watching Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Yep. Oh, my religiously, never miss an episode. Still strong. <laughs> I am honestly, I'm still torn whether or not like I want the want the series to end because it's like at what point when do you close out? Right. But this season has given me all the heart palpitations, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 just so good. It's, it's I know it comes back tomorrow. I know. I'm excited. Oh, I know, guys. I'm so, so excited pumped. for you guys. I'm so excited. Well, <laughs> Cassie, before we get started on our Royals discussion, why do you? Why did you want to be an entertainment journalist? And did you like? Did you always want to work for ET? You know what's so funny is when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to be a pediatrician, and then I figured out that I don't like blood and I don't like vomit, and I was like, that's not the best thing for me. And I feel like you guys all can relate, being from the Midwest. We're we're just a different breed. We're people. We're 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 people's people. Is what I'm trying to say. Like we love to talk to everybody. When we go to the mall, we hold the door open for people, and then that somehow leads into a whole conversation with them. Oh, now I know your dog's name and your family. Like we just love to strike up conversations. We're very curious people, and I feel like I just was always drawn to the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, and I feel like. I had more knowledge when it came to entertainment more so than anything else in my life. I was surrounded by sports growing up. My brother played baseball. He's now a baseball coach. And so that was pretty much my life, but I never was passionate about it. I mean, you could probably throw me on a sideline and I'd do fine, but it was never something that, you know, made me really want to have a career in it. And so I realized, oh my God, why do I know so much about the Kardashians? Why do I know so much about music? Like, how can I put this to good use and put my skills being able to converse with people, you know, also to good use. And, you know, my, my path has led me now to entertainment journalism and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Thank God I did decided not to be a pediatrician and that's no shade to like the healthcare workers because they are our heroes. But I just feel like I, you know, for the better of all people, I'm in entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That is. That's awesome. It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like the perfect, it sounds like the perfect mesh of things. But yeah, it's so funny because you don't get any entertainment basically in the Midwest. I mean, there's very, it's very little. So Hollywood does seem like such a foreign entity for someone who feels the same way you do. I was always thought like, Oh, that just is like a whole other world out there. You know, like it's it's funny. Like when I go home for whatever period of time that I'm there, whether it's two weeks or in, during the pandemic, I was there for four months. It's funny because everyone's like, so is Bryce. Right? People are like, do you ever see yourself moving back home to Michigan? And again, no shade to Michigan. I love my family. I love my friends. I love where I grew up. And I, I mean, I was born and, and raised in Metro Detroit. It's, it has such a special place in my heart. But I, for career wise, there's really nothing for me. Like there's no red garbage in Michigan. <laughs> so I have to be out here for it. And, um, you know, I love it. I'm, I'm approaching five years in LA so far. And I'd like oh, to congrats. say I'm doing pretty good. I don't have lip injections. I don't have filler. <laughs> in my teeth. I do You're have, also in your twenties still too. <laughs> 20s, I'm getting up there, but, um, it's, it's been, I, I love being able to call Los Angeles home. 
That's awesome. Well, speaking of red carpets, you've you've interviewed a lot of very famous people. So I want to know, we want to know, like, who has been your favorite interview thing of all time and or who are you starstruck by? And are they the same person? <laughs> you know, what's so funny is my favorite person of all time to interview is Blake Shelton. He is absolutely hands down the most down such a great interview. fun person like what you see on tv is what you get with him in person and he is someone who just has this magnetic aura to him like he walks into a room and by god he's a very very tall so you can't miss him but he just has this presence and he makes you feel so welcome i remember at one point when i was covering the voice every monday back when we could actually be in person and hug people gosh i know i used I know, to speak to them a lot days. But he used to come up to me and be like, hey, buddy, and like give me the biggest bear hug. And I'm like, what is life that I am bear hugging Blake Shelton? You can't do that in Metro Detroit, Michigan. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I feel like that's a tall celebrity thing because I've heard yeah, that Vince, I've heard Vince Vaughn is very similar. Okay. Um, I've heard that, uh, oh my God. Army Jason Hammer. Siegel, Jason Siegel. Um, oh, Jason Siegel, yeah. I've heard all of those guys are very similar. Like they're very welcoming. Yeah. And when they, I think also as a tall person, you learn to, I'm 5'10". So yeah. I feel like you learn that because people automatically look at you yeah. when you walk in. Yeah. Like I think yeah. naturally you kind of have to get your shit together I when think, you're towering above people. I think too, it is about, all. it's also like Blake <clears throat> didn't become famous like right away. He had to really like, you know, he really, elevated at a very yeah. steady pace and i think that he just probably is really grateful whereas opposed to people who get famous super fast mm -hmm. or whatever they think that they kind of i don't know maybe that's what i'm equating it to he's also just very and and this is what i appreciate as a reporter is he's very generous with his time and what information he gives he plays the game but he's He's honest and he's open. I mean, we sat down for a 15-minute interview when his last album came out. And I mean, we got so deep in the time that we were able to spend together. I mean, he opened up about how Faith has brought he and Gwen's relationship closer together, his love for her. I mean, it was just the amount of and you know when you sit down and interview someone you and you leave and you're like wow like they were they really opened up to me and he's someone who's always been like that he's never been stuck up he's never been an asshole he always um usually has a cup filled with his smithworks vodka so that might help <laughs> he's always very just loose and fun he does not seem like a vodka drinker but no i bet money on whiskey that's what he i would have no he has his smithworks vodka gosh a lot of the time yeah I mean, yeah, I guess so it is probably lower calorie. Is there someone that you can tell us? I totally get if you can't that you've interviewed where maybe you you thought it was going to be incredible and then you just got like nothing from them. To be honest with you, everyone asks me that and they're like, and I just, I don't have like that LA horror story where, you know, I, oh my gosh, I want to quit my career. That was horrible. And they left such a sour taste in my mouth. I've been very lucky so far with all of my interviews. God, I find some wood to knock on. Um, <laughs> but I think part of that has to do with the fact that I cover the country music industry primarily. I mean, I do yeah. cover music um, as a genre. I cover TV, I cover movies, but really I've kind of made my beat almost country music. And Everybody in country is so nice. It makes my yeah, job a makes lot sense. easier. Yeah. Check back in with me in about five, 10 years if I'm still doing <laughs> okay. this. And we'll, we'll see yeah. if I have a, a better answer for you. <laughs> Deal.
Okay, so let's get into that. Let's get into the real meat and potatoes here. I'm sure you okay. guys love that. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, a little over a year ago, after Prince Harry and Meghan Markle announced they would be formally stepping down as senior royals, the couple sat down with Oprah last Sunday on CBS to clear some things up. The royal duo opened up about some of the reasons that led to their decision, including their dissatisfaction with media treatment and the restraints of their roles, and made a shocking re- and made shocking revelations about the behind the scenes of the British royal family. Before we get to the contents of the interview, though, Cassie, we want to know why, like you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but why is the British royal family even like relevant? Why do people love, I'm always like, why do you, why, why does anyone give a same. I know. I mean, I had to ask myself the same question is why <laughs> do I love it? Is it because it's so unattainable? It's this lifestyle that we're not used to, the, the jewels and the prestige and literally the royalty of it all. You know, it's so different than our everyday. And so I feel like that is something that, fascinates people but really when you when you just look at the British royal family as a whole and why they're still relevant I mean the easiest answer right there is the monarchy is the oldest form of government in the UK it's just who they are what they do and having that royal family embodies their that I mean that is their identity and and the longer you know, they keep going and their legacies last. I mean, that is a part of the UK history, not to mention also the amount of money the royal family makes for the UK. I mean, you think of the the, the amount of tourists that come in every single year just to see Buckingham Palace, just to tour the grounds at Kensington Palace. I mean, take Meghan and Harry's wedding, for example. They spent $45 million on the wedding, which is a ton of money. But when you think about how much it brought in over 1.2 billion, I mean, you understand right there why the Royal family is still relevant. You know, they, they make, they make the UK a lot of money. I hate to say it. Have you ever been to London? Have you ever been to the Buckingham Palace? I have. I have. I lived there when I studied abroad for three years. You lived there? Wait, did I just say I studied abroad? No, 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 wait. Okay. First of all, wow. I'm like spreading fake news here. I did not live there for three years. This was, (laughs) wow. I don't know why I said that. It was three months. That rolled off your tongue so easily. Yeah. You had that ready to roll. I swear. I believe you. I believe I swear you. <laughs> in another lifetime, I lived there for three years. But I, um, no, I lived there for three months when I was studying abroad. And oh my God, I was just obsessed being able to like drive by. I mean, obviously I wasn't driving because I can't drive on the other side of the road, but you know, I'd <laughs> go in an Uber or whatever. And I would just see Buckingham Palace and I'd be like, oh, the flag's up. That means the queen's there. And it's just... <laughs> I was obsessed that- with it. And then there was, of course, in my mind, this crazy idea that I would like be some rom-com where I would run into Prince Harry and live happily ever after and all that. And funny story, actually, now that I um, think about this, I covered a red carpet in late 2019 for Entertainment Tonight, and it was the British GQ Men of the Year Awards. And Kate Middleton's brother was there and I kid you not, this is my favorite oh my story God. ever. Oh I tripped like I fell on my ass in front of James Middleton. And I'm like, oh my God, I just blew it. I there was my no, that's shot. Your meet cute. That's your meet cute moment. I thought it would be, but it wasn't. He also is like engaged and that wouldn't have happened. Oh, what but a I didn't realize that at the time because in your mind, you're like, oh my God, this fantasy. Like I'm about to be Kate Middleton's 
sister-in-law. I wanted to be her sister-in-law by marrying Prince Harry, but whatever way I could get in the family was fine with me at the time. But anyway, so there's that. Annie, have you ever been to London? I have not. Um, I've never been to Europe actually, but um, I just, even as you're saying that and, and like you were so excited about it, I I do not get it. Like really? Well, I should all be clear. I am just generally unimpressed by things and especially people like it takes a lot for me to like I can maybe think of three people I would even be like remotely starstruck by and yeah I just don't get it I love that people have that Mm -hmm. I just am kind of like and we'll get into it more when we talk about the interview but like the trapped thing like I almost feel sorry for them because that's I feel claustrophobic thinking about their life. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think I, I think it can equate to like, I th- I get it now, like Cassie, that you're saying it. Like, I didn't get it either. But I think as you're talking and like, it is sort of like the Hollywood thing. It is right. like, uh, I mean, we are, we are making, we make these celebrities, these people, these att- mm-hmm. highly attainable, like, oh, I want this lifestyle. I want to like be with them. In my case, Jennifer Aniston. I mean, if you want it to be like somebody, you know, it's like whatever. But yeah. um, I, going back to really quick, going back to London, I actually we I actually lived in London when I was five years old for, for six three months. Years? <laughs> for three years, it was three years. It was you did? Months. Yeah. So my dad, my I'm going to butcher this story. But my dad had a case over there, and he we we moved over there for six months. I was five years old. I went to school there. We actually saw Prince Charles, Prince William, and Harry. Wow. I mean, far away, but we were yeah. at the same the same event as them. They were at a polo match. Prince mm-hmm. Charles was playing polo i don't think that diana wasn't there but they, i think they were still married at the time but we lived in wimbledon and i went to school there and all the kids used wow. to make fun of me because i'd say can i go to the bathroom Big and they boy. would be they would laugh because that's yeah. not what you that's like where you like wash you your body yeah you go to the loo or the john yeah. Yeah. the john you know it's so funny you i did not know that yeah you mentioned princess die i feel like you know t- to be completely honest she was really the first person that made me fall in love with the royal family and you know she was someone who i would write my reports on in elementary school and i was so fascinated by what she represented to the monarchy and how elegant she was and what she did outside of the royal family especially just with her philanthropy and everything i've loved watching kind of harry fall follow her footsteps over the years but she she was really the the person who kind of set it all off for me i mean I actually, when I was younger, I traveled from Michigan to Ohio to go to the Princess Diana exhibit to like see all of her dresses and, and, you know, see her personal items that they had on show and all of that. And I I was like, I mean, I was like obsessed. I read all of the the biographies that were written about her, watched all the movies and it it was, yeah, it was, it was her actually. That was kind of like the tipping point. Yeah. I understand that there was something very like, she had that it yeah. thing oh, that drew people in. And Absolutely. so that I do understand. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I really understood it or got that until I was mm-hmm. older. Yeah. Um, but I do remember the news reports of the her car accident. Like yeah, even being such a little girl, like those memories stand out in my mind so much. I know. I remember so. actually, I remember her funeral and 
watching it on TV and it's just, I mean, it's uh, now that our mood just went <laughs> all the way down. On this I know. No. But she just, what she represented, especially now looking at it years and years later, um, really what she did. And then now seeing Meghan Markle follow suit too. And, and there's so many parallels between them, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, it's, it's honestly, it's just mind boggling. It's mm-hmm. mind boggling. Yeah. It's, I mean, they alluded it to, into the, in the interview with, well, first of all, I remember Diana's beanie baby, the, um, I, I, I had it, the little purple guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With my the white rose. Yeah. yeah. My grandma loved beanie babies. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go with that, Bryce. <laughs> you should actually check to see because there are certain. Probably so there's probably listen. Yeah. There's certain editions of that that could make you an insane amount of money. Just yeah, saying. that's a good. That's a you good. I want to go check the skew number on that beanie Ooh, baby. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, in the interview, she does. There are it, mm-hmm. history. Like um, Harry was saying, how like history sort of repeats yeah. itself or he saw history repeating itself because of the same, and I was doing a little bit of research, the most Mm -hmm. research I've ever done about the Royal family, but basically that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kathy, but like they, Australia tour, the South Pacific tour was Mm -hmm. like very similar. That was the first tour that Diana and Charles took and the same, the same one that Harry and Meghan took. Mm -hmm. And that it was eerily similar to Harry about how like, everybody loved Megan and how great, Mm -hmm. how great of a job they did. And the Royal family was able to see that. Um, But kind of going back to this sort of like institution, Mm -hmm. like she, Megan Markle in the interview references the institution and the firm. So do you know what these entities are? Are they just, are they the same thing or? Okay. Funny you ask that. Um, (laughs) I feel like that was a, a big question that a lot of people had too, because it's like, Who's the firm? Who's the institution? Who's included in this? What does it mean? Um, yeah, for the most part, yes, like the firm, the institution is the same thing. And it's basically not just the royal family. It's the machine that is all-encompassing, the people who make the decisions. So you have included in this firm, you have the senior royals. So of course, Queen Elizabeth, Prince Philip, Charles, Camilla, William, Kate. And then you also have the offices that manage all of the royal affairs. So the people who make decisions, the people who are in Queen Elizabeth's ear, giving her advice, advice that Harry says is oftentimes bad. Um, So, you know, you think of when when Meghan referred to the firm, you know, don't think of it as she's saying Queen Elizabeth. Okay. And, and that, that was what, that was basically it's, my question. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, it's what is the, it. and then like also the same thing in, in that same vein, like is Harry still a prince? And like, why couldn't the kid, I mean, what is with the kids not being princesses or duchesses or whatever? Like, it's tricky. So technically, yes, Prince Harry is still a prince by birthright because he is the grandchild of the current monarch, who is, of course, his grandmother, Queen Elizabeth. Okay. Um, however, <laughs> a lot of people will be like, oh, well, they gave up their titles, this and that. It doesn't mean that he gave up Prince Harry. So when they when people say, oh, he gave up his titles, what they're talking about is they and by they, I mean, Meghan and Harry chose to relinquish the HRH title. So you don't refer to him as his Royal Highness, Prince Harry. Mm. In fact, he actually just kind of wants to be stripped of it all. He goes by, if you notice now, especially on the Oprah interview, it's Meghan and Harry. It's not Meghan and Prince Harry. Mm. He, by birthright, and especially because he's still in line for the throne, he is, yes, he is a prince. But 
He just chooses not to go. So you wouldn't say like former, like a president, like former no, president No, you don't Trump say former Prince whatever. Harry. No, 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 okay, no, no. He, okay. can't, he can't be like stripped of <laughs> that. That's his birthright. That's his birthright. Exactly. So, um, and then Megan was saying like with Charles that she would then, that she's like, because when Charles mm-hmm. becomes the king, mm-hmm. will then again by birthright, her their children will Archie, be. Yep. You actually, you're very spot on because it's okay. very tricky when it comes to titles because technically, technically, when Archie was born, because he's the great grandchild of the monarch, he wasn't necessarily entitled to the prince title. However, the queen could have made the decision to give him a prince title like she did with William and Kate's kids. It wasn't up until right before Prince George was born that... The queen revised how the rules went and she said, okay, Prince George is going to be able to be a prince and so forth. However, many, you know, additional kids you have. So that's why you have Prince George, Prince Louis and Princess Charlotte, who are, of course, William and Kate's kids. So my biggest thing about that was, well, that's not fair. Prince, Prince, or well, I shouldn't even say Prince Archie, (laughs) you know, but Archie should be given the same courtesy. So why wasn't he? Do we know? Because this is where my blood starts to boil. Oh, God. Amy. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously there are, um, you know, Megan voiced her opinions behind that and 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 the conversations that were had about his skin tone. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, it's so crazy because up until that interview, we thought from a, an outside perspective, and I mean, I... I reported on this on ET the day that Archie was born and we we found out that okay he's not gonna have the title we all thought it was Megan and Harry's decision we all thought that they just wanted him to be a private citizen they kind of wanted to be modern and you know kind of do things their own way but really it wasn't until this interview that we learned the truth about everything and you know it's 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 the craziest, most disappointing conversation when you bring in his skin tone and if that was a factor in why they did not want to make him a prince. Sorry, and this and this may come off as antagonistic, which I do not mean for it to. Okay. But the media as a whole, do you guys do you think that you had that? And I'm also let me just say I'm not in the entertainment industry. So this mm-hmm. is purely coming just I don't know the inner workings. Do you think that the, I guess, the general thought process that it was Meghan and Harry's decision comes from the fact that the British media was so adamant about making it look like Meghan was trying to, like, rip everything apart? Like, is that where that came from? Honestly, it could be. Because from an outside perspective, think about it. Whatever is in front of us is what we consume. Like, that's that's really... Exactly. And so when you have media outlets who are putting out fake news. I'm just going to say fake news. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, a lot yeah. of what they were releasing were falsehoods. For, for well, that, that's, that was going to be my thought is just that the British, exactly. yeah, the British tabloids were like this, this sounds like a, what you just mentioned, mm-hmm. Cassie was like such a common theme. It seemed like, yes, we all thought it was going to be their decision, but yeah. really like that's why that they did this interview is because they wanted to like set the, set the record, record straight, straight exactly. as opposed to being like, we weren't being this way. We weren't, this wasn't like, because even from an outsider perspective, even working in entertainment tonight, covering stories that, I mean, I didn't give a crap about, but I would have to like read the stories and it would be like, 
oh, well, she's just, I mean, it, it was so blatantly obvious that it was like, oh, this totally seems like something she would do as right. an American coming in, kind of like exactly. maybe a she was like was tired of this or whatever. Like, exactly. It, a so lot of it is in, 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 with with social media and how many royal experts are out there, which is why it's funny that you call me a royal expert because I, I, I <laughs> am not by any means because you do have these royal experts out there um, who... Would you like me to re, would you like me to retract that statement? <laughs> <laughs> you guys can you guys um you can say royal enthusiast. There All right, you go. Royal, um, enthusiast. royal enthusiast. <laughs> because it's you know these royal experts who are releasing all these, oh, sources tell me this, sources tell me that. And then really you look back at the last two, three years of what everybody was saying, and then you compare it to what Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are saying, and it's totally different. And yeah. so it's, I mean, honestly, that was that was one of the most shocking, if not the most shocking revelation from yeah. that interview. For sure. Well, well, you could tell by the by when Megan said all that stuff about mm-hmm. the skin tone and everything. I mean, the shock on Oprah's face. Oh, we were all there was, when we were like, "What? How? Who is having these conversations?" And it's you know, I, I think it's a, it's it's definitely a larger discussion. Um, you know, we could talk at length about. Yeah. Can I can I say something interesting? Yes. Well, I think it's interesting. <laughs> um. So my boyfriend, Cassie, you don't know this. My boyfriend is black. Okay. And he and I were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't shocked at all. And none think, of yeah. his friends that are black were shocked at all. And so I think it's interesting. <clears throat> it kind of feeds into the narrative a little bit of, like, white people just – continue to be so shocked by racism and that it still exists when it is so prevalent every single day. And I think after watching the interview, kind of, I, you know, I watched it and I obviously had my thoughts going into it, but I was like walking away. I was kind of like, well, no shit that yeah, there's some race right. issues with the Royal family. Like well, think about no what shit. The it's a 12, it it's a 1200 year Mm-hmm. We'll call it form of government, like you did at the beginning. <laughs> it's a 1200 year long thing where there hasn't been a single person of color. Which is why Meghan Markle could have been yes. the best thing for the royal family. And it kills me to see how they pushed her away in the in the manner that they did. And when all of those stories came out, especially at the beginning when they first started dating that were rooted in racism. I mean, some of the headlines, even just blatantly being like straight out of Compton, like it was just absolutely appalling. And the fact that Prince Harry was really the only one who stuck, like stood up for Meghan at the time is where there's also a huge issue there too. Where was the protection of the family? Why wasn't the family, um, why hasn't the family ever in the last few years, where where has William been? Where has Kate been? Where has Prince Charles been calling this behavior out? They've been Absolutely. silent. And when you're silent, you're complicit. And I think too, also like why if, why, yeah, why are they being so complicit in this, because it's just how it is. It's exactly what Harry and said. And it's like in the, the crown. It's this like is the how crown. This, when you've done something for so long in a certain way and you don't have the courage to step out of the lane, 
because you are trapped in this and that's just the way it is. Things don't change. And that's why I applaud people like Meghan and Harry. I never in my life thought I'd ever see a day where Harry would step away from the royal family. What? I feel like what he is doing and what what Megan is doing here as well, what they are doing is so symbolic. And I feel like, honestly, I hope to God big changes come from this. And I, and I hope that there is a reckoning. And I think it's definitely opening people's eyes to the real issues at hand. Will there be change? God, I hope so. But um, I feel like I could speak, I, I could agree with a lot of people when they say that there probably won't be change, to be honest. Well, and that's what's so frustrating because it's like if you're the head of an organization, regardless if it's the monarchy, if it's like a small business or something. And and this is ha- I mean, the fact that none of these like higher up people knew and this is just my opinion, but it's like the fact that none of these higher up people knew what was going on. is just such a fucking cop out and travesty, in my opinion, because well, I it's think like they all knew. Yeah, it's, but it's like yeah, and then, and then it goes, and then it goes to the point. Well, then why aren't they saying anything? Why is this? Why are they continuing to happen? It's just how it is. I mean, mm-hmm. but that's right. Look at America. Yeah. yeah, look at America. People started riots over taking Confederate soldier statues down in the South. It was a huge issue where the KKK came out in swarming numbers in South Carolina when they decided to make the Confederate flag, like to remove the Confederate mm-hmm. flag from the state. Yeah. This is. It's the only way white people stay in power is if they just go along with it. At the end of the day, this is so deeply, this isn't about like black and white stuff. Like this is all completely so rooted in what these countries are built on. Like there's not going to be change probably in our lifetime to the, to make us happy because at the end of the day, there are too many people wanting these racist narratives to continue and yeah. so I'm not I'm not the least bit surprised that nobody in the royal family said anything. Yeah. I think it has far more to do with just than the way it is. I think it's deeply ingrained in what they believe. And I know Cassie you can't comment on a lot of this stuff but like for me there's just no doubt in my mind who had these conversations. Yeah. And there's no doubt in my mind also that the queen participated as well. Oh. We can't, we have to stop being so shocked about all this. Everybody. I mean, white people. You have to get mad. You have to get mad. Like there's no shock left. I feel like, you know, I I should clarify then too, when I said, you know, (laughs) that was the most shocking revelation. And, And what I mean by that is it's more just shocking to hear, I guess, the depth of how, um, how open, Megan was in sharing her truth. Like, I guess I just didn't expect it. I, I agree with you that that was the most shocking revelation. I wasn't referring to you saying that by, we can't be shocked or we shouldn't be shocked to hear that someone would have that conversation about a baby. Right. Like, of course, I mean, that was, that was, I agree with you. That was incredibly shocking. Oprah was shocked because it is so evil. Like I I said to shocking to hear, but it's not shocking that it happened. Exactly. But I mean, I even said to Bryce, my future children will be mixed race. Mm-hmm. If I ever heard of someone in my family worried or talking about how dark my potential ch- or how potentially dark they would be, they would no longer be a member of my family. Yeah. Like, yeah. and so it makes sense that they, it makes sense that they left and that they stepped away. 
So yeah, no, don't, I just don't want you to feel like you have to clarify the shocking no. part because <laughs> that was truly shocking. Well, and also, you know, what's so funny is that Cassie, when we asked you to be on our podcast, like nobody knew what was going to be set. I mean, no. at least I didn't know what was going to be set on the interview. And I think everybody was, I think obviously that again, what we've beaten over the head with the fact is that it was, it was a shock to hear her say that, but it was all, just, everything was so laid out on the table that it right. just was like, I can't believe I was going to watch like the first 20 minutes of it. And I was like, I'll watch the oh, first no. 20 minutes. And then it like, like you watched it and you'd hit like the commercial break and you're like, Oh my God, there's a huge headline here. And then it comes back and they're like, Oh my God, there's another huge headline. Oh my God. Like yeah. every time it was just revelation after revelation. I mean, Oprah did an, an incredible job with oh, the, she's the best. Um, but also like, I mean, hearing Megan open up about her mental health struggles. I mean, you, you talk about the, the parallels with Diana. I mean, right there, do you guys remember Diana's bombshell interview that she did um, in the mid nineties when she opened up about how basically how, how toxic everything was behind the palace walls for her too. I mean, she was open about her mental health issues and her eating disorders that she faced and just that you you're trapped and it's, mm -hmm. it's, they, they hunted Megan the way they hunted Diana and we saw the way that ended with her and it's just, Oh my God, how is history repeating itself? <laughs> like so it's so insane. Stuff. Like when is he when yeah, it's, it's sad. What it's I have a question and, and you may not be able to even comment <laughs> on this. Um, what are your thoughts about people saying that the royal family basically set Megan up to be eaten alive by the press because they wanted to hide William's affair and uh, Prince Andrew's association with Epstein? I will say, obviously, it's it's very well known that there are allegations against Prince Andrew. Mm -hmm. And what was disappointing for me recently, um, I will say was when there were bullying claims that came to light against Meghan Markle recently, this was days before the Oprah Winfrey interview aired. Um, those claims came to light against her. And then the palace released a statement that they're going to launch an investigation into this to get to the bottom of it. And I was like, in my mind, I go, where's that energy been towards the allegations for Prince Andrew? Yeah. Where's that investigation? And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, the royal family does not like to have their their business in the public, which is why, mm -hmm. you know, this interview has amassed the amount of viewers that it has is because these things don't happen. Like this has been the biggest bombshell interview since Diana back in, I believe it was 1995. Um, and people you know, dismissed her. They dismissed her almost I completely. I feel like I mean, you see how much has been dismissed of, of Megan's interview too. Uh, you have Pierce Morgan who's like, which is a whole nother conversation. Oh too, my God. Oh, he's he's the worst. You have people, it's like, honestly to hear, to hear Megan speak her truth, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes. And then to go on social media and have people discredit her and and, and say that she's lying, it's just, it's like, honestly, ugh, Or the, the amount of people that are like, oh, you poor little rich royals complaining about being cut off from your grandma. I'm like, you clearly did not watch the fucking interview because it's so far no. from that. I've seen so many people go off on social media about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, 
what first of all what happened to like just being kind to one another i know if someone called if someone called me and said listen like i don't want to be alive anymore they could be my worst enemy and i would figure out a way to get to them to get them some help like forget that they're human it's awful it's awful yeah so to hear her say all of that and, and 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 admit to having suicidal thoughts you just your heart breaks for her and 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 again for for someone like pierce morgan to then be on national television discrediting that um and saying he doesn't believe her that is so dangerous on so many different levels and i'm really glad that he's no longer a part of good morning well, can you do you know what like there's alluded to like did they have did he like think they were like a an item like a- so they, it's I've watched that that video of, of Pierce opening up before about like his relationship with Meghan Markle. So he, according to him, allegedly they went out for drinks or dinner one night and whether that was platonic or whatnot, I do not know. Um, and then this sounds she, like every date that I've ever been on. <laughs> I was literally one, thinking that. Very one sided. Very one sided. Yeah. yeah very one sided. So according to Pierce, she then got into a cab and went off to meet up with some friends or whatnot. And that's when she met Prince Harry. And so after that, she cut Cassie, off. was your blood people. boiling when you heard that story? Cause that could have been you. That could have been me. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't meant to be. I, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Princess Cassie dreams are shot. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry, keep going. But um, so then after that, she kind of just cut off all communication with him. And so is there, is there like spite there? Is there bitterness there? Um, there must be because he has not let up in the last few years, just constantly, constantly just saying the most vile things about her. And I want to say what's I feel like is so important to note about this situation in particular is Pierce Morgan was not fired for speaking his opinion like people are so up in arms oh you can't say your opinion anymore in this country cancel culture this and that that is not what this is here it's not because he spoke it's because he was on network tv literally discrediting a woman who admitted to having suicidal thoughts again like i just said it's that is so dangerous and vile and awful on so many different levels and i feel like everyone breathed a sigh of relief when the news broke that he is no longer a part of, of, of that morning team anymore and that TV team. And honestly, it's like the Meghan Markle effect. What is happening? This is crazy. Oh, it's crazy in the best way. He's like, he's a vile human being. It's not just vile. What comes out of his mouth. I said he was a human tuba. I don't know if that's correct, but (laughs) human can of spam. Maybe Um, I was trying to think of ways to describe him. He's just a windbag. He's awful. Plus, he's like friends with Donald Trump, too. So there's like so many strikes against him. Well, and that makes so much sense. Right? It does. It really does. All right. (laughs) So to to cap this conversation, um, it's now time for the mom question. Um, Cassie, as I mentioned, Annie and I um, really love our moms. They're they were very good. They, they're very good friends, um, and they're kind of the foundation of our friendship. So, for these somebody sessions, we thought it would be fun to ask one of them to submit a question to ask our somebody. Today's mom question comes from my mom Jane, whom you, whom you've met. She says hi, by the way. She wants to know, in your opinion, what do you think is next for Harry and his father, Prince Charles, and his brother, Prince William? Like, how do you think they can repair their relationships? If you have, if you had to guess, 
I think it's going to take a lot of time, which is what Harry said in the interview. He says time heals all things. I think that um, the immediate future, things are probably going to be a little tense. I do imagine that maybe there are some private conversations happening now that William and Charles are aware of really how the experience that Megan and Harry had the past couple of years. Um, you know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations, but, um, you know, I can't, and at the end of the day, you know, it's sad to see this happening because that is his brother, that is his father. And it's never, you never want to wish that upon any family. And, I do hope that there's there is a day where we could see William and Kate come stateside just to visit, you know, the Sussexes out in Santa Barbara. I would love to see that. I think growing up loving the Royals, like I mentioned, you know, part of that too was seeing the brotherhood of William and Harry, the dynamic duo. And yeah, that's what's so sad. It's like I hope that they can. I hope that they Helen back together. That's what I mean. Like you, you're in this experience with people, like with someone who, I mean, no one else. I mean, you know, people do, but I mean, their experience is so unique that it feels really sad that if they, especially that, I mean, not to say that it's their father. I mean, they should repair obviously with all of them, but it's like, that just seems really sad that they're not. I think though. I mean, what do you think? I think, I think William and Charles though are going to have to, do something. It's not just an apology. It's not just saying anything. I think that they are going to actually have to do something within the firm, the institution (laughs) to help address everything that Megan and Harry opened up about. They have to be the leaders at this point with their seniority over there. They have to be the leaders in implementing some kind of change. Yeah. Annie, what and do you think? And even acknowledging it at the very basis. Yeah. Let's just acknowledge that this all happened, okay? And admit to your wrongdoings. I actually think that I think that their relationship will start to mend when baby girl is born. Because William has a baby girl. And so I think like there is a bond there with men, especially having daughters, that I think will kind of bring them back together. However, I disagree. I don't think Charles and William will do anything or do anything publicly, I think their relationship will start to mend because they will come to the agreement that they are brothers here and the monarchy and all of the bullshit that comes with it is here. And there's a line there that they're just never going to cross. And God, yeah, but I think that's how it'll end up. But I do think they'll start to come back around once the baby's born. It'll be a, it'll be a surface level relationship. I did see a lot of people on social media saying after the interview, normalize removing toxic family members. Like it's okay to not have them in your inner circle anymore. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Because their blood does not mean you have to have a close relationship. It's sad. Don't get me wrong. It's very sad. (laughs) It does seem like, it does seem like they're close to the queen. I mean, they are. Harry did say in the interview that he has, they have spent more time talking to the queen this past year um, than his whole life. Um, (laughs) That's so weird. That's so weird. Do you think, though, I was going to say, do you think that it's because now that they're no longer like working members of the royal family that now she feels like she can play more of a grandma role? Yes. And I think he always, I think he always saw her more as yes of course she's his colonel in chief but like 
I think he always saw her. Wait, is that what it's called? Well. Colonel? That's in literally chief. what he said in the interview. Oh my God, Colonel in Chief? No, Commander in Chief. Or Colonel Mustard, one of the other. I don't know. Elizabeth as a little popcorn Popcorn Colonel. She is. She's like a little baby popcorn. She is the tiniest. With the largest hat you've ever seen. I think he's always viewed her as just like grandma. Grandma Liz. Yes. Grandma Liz. Yes, totally. Okay, well. That way with his mom too. God, who am I? I'm speaking British now. Mom. Um, he always had a different relationship with Diana than I feel like William did. And I think I think Diana knew what was coming and she was able to protect him in a way because she knew William was going to be on the throne one day. And she, you know, and, and Harry. That's a really good point, by the way. Uh, and well, I mean, he said that she—he's been living off of the money that she left him. I feel mm -hmm. like she knew. She knew all of this based on what played out with her own marriage and and, and her. Or was or was just at least being preventative. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So moving on. Uh, so Cassie, you're hosting uh, the gr official Grammys pre-show for the Recording Academy. I uh, am. This is for the third year in a row, right? The Grammys are on Sunday. Everybody, I mean, I don't know. No one listens to this about our mom, so they'll. They, it'll be Friday. Um, but but um, are you excited? It's your third year doing it. How do you? I am. Uh, it's always you, honestly. This is my. This is better than Super Bowl Sunday. This is Grammy Sunday. This is my Super Bowl. Um, I'm so grateful for the Recording Academy for bringing me on for the third year. They're such an amazing team to work with, and I get to represent ET and CBS, and I get to work alongside the Recording Academy's host. Uh, her name is Alina, and she's amazing. And I love when two women can, you know, work in the same environment and they're and and, and be nothing but supportive of each other. I think that's so important for people to see on camera that like two powerful women can work together and win. And she's so amazing to work with. She's Yeah, you guys so do a great job. You really she's do. She's great. And um, so yeah, I'll be back for the third year in a row. And do you have different beats? Like do you guys, do you gravitate toward the different people or? You know what's you so funny is, and that's what makes us such a good little team is that I kind of, you know, have the, the country beat on lock and she has other genres on lock. And so pop and country are kind of like my jams, but it's great because it's very hard to find someone that you're able to just click with as a co-host mm -hmm. and just be able to get it without having to. Annie can't relate to that. <laughs> no, I'm still working on that with Bryce, quite honestly. It's honestly, it's very tough to find. I've been very lucky in my career with who I've been able to be paired with. And um, she's great. She's, she's amazing to work with. I'm so excited to be back with them again. And this year I'm actually getting to do something a little different that I haven't been able to do before, which I'm excited about. Really? So we'll have to watch the actual telecast of the Grammys as well. Oh, okay. Okay. You guys, I know everybody, you guys are going to have to go. We're gonna, you're going to have to go to the recording Academy's Facebook page on Sunday night. Um, also, you're going to have to watch the pre-show. You're going to, you're going to be just watching me all night long. It's going to be there. You that, watch the pre-show, the official Grammy pre-show. It's called Grammy Live. It's going to be on the Recording Academy's Facebook, like you mentioned, then also Grammy.com. And then as soon as that wraps is when the actual Grammys start on CBS. And um, you might see my face twice. Oh, all right. Grammy, so yes. A little something, something on it. And then afterwards on ET, ET Live, Live, Denny, my co-host, and I 
We will Denny. be doing our award show recap. So we'll be recapping, you know, the biggest winners of the night, which performances really stood out, kind of what were surprises, shocking revelations, <laughs> um, all, all that type of good stuff. So it'll be definitely the longest day of my life. Uh, it really is. But I'm excited to like swap out the slippers and the sweatpants for some heels and a gown. I'm excited. You and Denny are oh, also a awesome. great team too. Oh, he's the best. Uh, I'm so what I color know. are you wearing? I am wearing black. Excellent choice. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back to the basics this year and I'm just doing a black dress, a black gown, I should say. It's a long one. Um, and then my one of my best friends, George, is a jeweler back home in Michigan. So he sent me some jewelry to wear. And so I'm going to wear that because, you know, I style myself. So it is a, it is a, it is a that Remember when you, okay, wait, really quickly. What? Remember when you did the, when we were, you were doing the CMAs, I think it was the first year that you did it. And you had to like, you were like, flew there on a red eye you like put your you like had to you had to like do your makeup hair get ready everything and then do the thing and then fly back the same day honestly oh I no mean, in my career it's so funny people are like the glitz and glam of being a entertainment <laughs> i can't tell you how many times i've like had to change for a red carpet in a bathroom stall and all this type of stuff but i wouldn't i wouldn't grind. i wouldn't trade grind. it for Listen, I may be my own stylist now, but honey, one day when I have someone dressing me in Gucci and Tom Ford and all this stuff, I am going to enjoy every single damn second of it. You're going to be like Blake Shelton. Please, please. Yes. More and more. I love it. (laughs) Okay. All right. So Cassie, to end our somebody sessions, we like to ask everybody the same three questions. So are you ready? No, but go ahead. <laughs> Annie. Okay. First, what is your favorite hard seltzer? Do Trulies count? I like yeah. the truly um pink lemonade one. Strawberry oh. lemonade. That's not what it is. It's the only I'm obsessed with it. It's like juice. Which can you is- buy oh, that? I haven't tried that. Can I don't I think I have it? either. It's in the it's in the black can. So you know okay. there's yeah, it's in the black can with like the mangoes. It's it's like a it's a um it's like a little set. Okay, nice. we'll just try that one, Bryce. I haven't tried that one. Yeah. Oh, good. Strawberry lemonade. That's where it's at. Okay, nice. The next one is what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Oh my gosh, wow. Um, two things. This too shall pass. Mm-hmm. I keep that in mind for a lot of situations I'm in. And everything happens for a reason. I know it sounds so cliche, but I live my life by that. I wouldn't be where I am without those two mottos in my brain pretty much on a daily basis. (laughs) Nice. No, those are good. Um, Then then the last question is, what do you believe that you are an expert of? God, I'm good at asking questions. I'm not good at answering them. I'm stumped now. What am I an expert at? Um, Lord, since we love our moms, I'm an expert at loving my mom. Oh, oh, that's really so dumb to say. Um, that's so say, sweet. But I love her. Um, she's the best. She's my number As one. You're an expert in country music. You have a lot of different, okay. you have a lot of expertise. But I know that, that, I mean, that's a little bit more career wise. But you, know, you could say like live red carpets, like career wise, that's my area of expertise is, is being able to do a live show. Um, that's my bread and butter. That's where I like to, you know, that's that's my, that's my jam. Come alive. 
Um, I'm also an expert bowler. Fun fact. My, oh, we'll have to go. Yeah. It's pretty good. So my dad used to be a professional and like, that's been his life. Um, he and my uncle like owned the largest like wholesale distribution of bowling supplies in the Midwest until they sold it. Such a random fact about me. That's so, so cool. If I'm, ever I love dating, that. if I'm ever dating someone, I'm always like, let's go bowling. And they think like, <laughs> they think like, okay, let's bowl. And then like, I get out on the lanes. I'm little doing, like, tiny I'm doing a little follow through. I'm striking left and right. And so you could say an expert bowler. I don't know. I mean, not there as expert as my dad or my brother, but I'm, I'm pretty good. I will say. That's a very that, fun fact. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Am I am I a royal expert? Still don't. Still don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you knew way more than us. Yeah, I mean, way more. Uh, all right, well, you guys, that is our show. Cassie, thank you so much. We know you're how busy you, you are guys. with the Grammys and stuff. We really thank you for taking the time uh, to yes, come thank and you. hang with us. You can and should follow her on Instagram at Cassie Delora. And be sure to catch her this Sunday for the official Grammys pre-show on the Recording Academy's Facebook page. You can also see her every single day on etlive.com. Is there anything else you'd like to plug, Cassie? No, that was great. Again, oh, you make good. me feel a lot cooler than I am. Whatever. You're somebody. <laughs> Um, if you guys are not following us yet on Instagram, please do so at nobody's pod at Annie underscore Wilkin at Bryce advice. It's the exact same on TikTok. Twitter is at nobody's the pod. Same for our personals. And you can always email us at no expert, all opinion at gmail.com. If you listen on Apple, I, uh, Apple podcasts, <laughs> I was going to say iTunes, Words are like hard. Not, not a thing anymore. Um, please leave us a five-star review and tell your friends. Thanks, guys. Be sure to watch the Grammys this Sunday. We hope you have an amazing weekend. And more importantly, a mediocre week. Thanks, guys. The Nobody's Podcast is produced by me, Annie Wilkinson, and Bryce McClay. It is recorded remotely in small, crummy apartments in the San Fernando Valley. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.